is Gunnar Esaias, and then you are listening to Breathe In, a cystic fibrosis podcast presented by the Boomer Esaias Foundation and GunnarEsaias.com. This podcast series has been made possible by Vertex, Novartis, DCU, and Atlantic Health. The views expressed on Breathe In, a cystic fibrosis podcast are that of Gunnar Esaias and Leah Farone, Tiffany Rich, and guests, and are not necessarily those of the Boomer Esaias Foundation. Nothing in this podcast series should be considered medical advice. Such advice can only be given by a physician who's experienced with cystic fibrosis. The Boomer Esiason Foundation, Gunnar and Leah Farone, Tiffany Rich, and guests cannot be held responsible for any damage which may result from using the information on this podcast without the permission of your medical doctor. You're listening to Breathe In, a cystic fibrosis podcast. All right, Gunnar Esiason here, back again for another podcast, joined by Leah Farone and Tiffany Rich. Hello. Hey. <laughs> Today we are going to talk about cystic fibrosis nutrition. Since our last podcast uh, last week, about, which took a question from a listener, actually, uh, we've gotten a number of questions this past week uh, about nutrition, the nutritional side of CF. We, we are yet to talk about that on this podcast, so I think it's a good good topic for us to cover. I think we can go over it in a bunch of different ways. Obviously, I have a G-tube. I'm tube-fed. Uh, Tiffany's post-transplant, so she's dealing with post-transplant nutrition, and then Leah sort of can just give her give us her experiences. I'm just here. Yes, yeah. Thank- <laughs> Leah, Leah will get the participation exactly. trophy for today's for today's episode. Um, so let's let's go back to the beginning here. I I, I was not tube fed my entire my entire life, my entire CF life. The two the, the two feed for me began in in um, 2011. So let's go before that. Uh, I was I was always underweight my entire life. You know I don't know yes, if you guys struggle with no. that as well, but I uh, no I, was... I struggled with it a lot as a child. Oh yeah, I always have struggled with my weight, mm-hmm. even now. Oh yeah, I, I mean I'll be honest with you, my weight is a, a stress point for me. It's definitely a point of anxiety because, you know, despite the fact that I'm tube fed, I, I still struggle with weight gain because I'm a, a, a big person. I'm I'm six two six three. I'm, I'm much bigger than the average. CF patient, so my calorie requirements are huge. Uh, right. but, but yeah, oh, I mean, I'm I, sure I can imagine. Yes, <laughs> I have a hard enough time getting the amount I need. So yeah, I, it's it's, for, it's it's a little unfair. I I will say that it's a little unfair, as if well, life has me, to be fair. Right. Yeah. Well, for me, I'm what four foot eleven and three quarters. I always give myself that three quarters. Okay. Might as well and, just round. You know, I, I usually round to five foot. So let's just say I'm five <laughs> foot. Do. All right. And I've always it's always been I have to eat at least 5,000 calories to gain weight and especially Mm -hmm. before transplant I was working so hard to breathe and do everything else that I had to eat that much and if I didn't I would just lose the weight because of all the stress my body was going on uh, under you know with all the yeah I mean breathing problems (laughs) the body burns calories fighting infection that's one part of the the CF nutritional aspect or constantly burning calteries. The other aspect is that our pancreas unfortunately does not work. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, yeah, there's that too. I mean, Artificial that's it. The pancreas enzymes. does not work. So, you know, I, I, I think uh, the the need for calories in CF is so huge. And, and I, I, I do like to see that the, the, the way nutrition is being treated in CF is starting to change. I remember back when I was younger, it was more about just getting the kid with CF to eat, period. Like, it yes. didn't matter what right. the kid was eating as long just as he was eating. Exactly. And I feel I, like they focus just on high-fat, high-calorie, eat, eat, eat. That's it, how it, and it didn't matter what it was. You know, I remember being no. told by a doctor many years ago, like, yeah, it's okay to take Gunnar to McDonald's or Wendy's 
and yeah, make sure he eats a burger that's and fries cool. and, and gets as many mm-hmm. calories as he can. Oh. And, and I did that. Because what kid doesn't love to hear that? Oh, it's oh yeah. We went and like every day. I went to I went to In N Out Burger, same time every day. I went through the drive through line with my mom. The lady knew us, knew my order perfectly, and it was it was easy. It's and like, then I right. got all my it helped me gain weight. Have you though. seen that movie Super Size Me? What? You, know, you know the movie Super Size Me, where the yeah. guy yes. eats McDonald's like yes. three like three times a day, every single day for thirty days. <laughs> like that's kind of what it was like. I remember after school when I was when I was younger, we have a we have an ice cream chain in New York. You may actually have a Tulia called Carvel, and yeah. yeah. So I love Carvel milkshakes. It's like they're like God's gift to the earth. Carvel milkshakes. <laughs> so every day after school, from you know probably third or fourth grade through eighth grade. My mom or dad would take my sister and I to Carvel. Now, unfortunately, Sydney couldn't always eat the ice cream because she doesn't have CF. But my parents right. basically made me eat these, eat these, or drink rather, these Carvel milkshakes because they were so high in calories. That's so. We right. used to do the same exact thing almost every single day after school. We would stop somewhere to get a milkshake, and then I would get fries or something else with it because huh. it was the only way I could get my calories that I needed. Yeah, I, like yeah. you know what I mean. Because I would, I would eat it. You know, right? And this is like this is the latest, late nineties, early two thousands with CF. This is like the way it was just taught mm-hmm. to us back then. Right, Nowadays, exactly. it's starting to change a little bit, which is a good thing, and we'll get to that in a bit. But you know, I remember you know the old days with CF. It was like before school, I would like eat an ice cream bar or eat cookies and milk just because it was something substantial to put in my stomach and like that had a lot of calories. You know, right. I uh, the other side of this was that I've always been a very picky eater. You know, whether that's from you know all the antibiotics and steroids that I've been on throughout the years, creating the, the you know the, 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 the thrush and the weird palate. Yeah, I, you know I don't yeah. know. I don't know if that's if that's really it or not. But for some reason, like foods I've never tasted as well as I think they should to me. I, I don't know why. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, I, I I think that was the other thing growing up. Like I had a very like like immature palate. I guess I, I don't I don't really know. I don't really know what to call it. No, I know what you mean. <laughs> but I yeah, I get it. But yeah, I, but, I wasn't really that picky of an eater. I mean, I was more picky then than I am now. Mm-hmm. I've never really been a picky eater. <laughs> but <laughs> getting all the calories that I needed was just an issue all the time, especially because they'd be like, oh, you should drink Boost or you should have Ensure or you should have one of those things to kind of supplement a meal or a snack to give me more calories than I would get from a normal snack or a meal. My issue was whenever I would eat any of those things or drink any of those things, they would make me sick because I did not like how they tasted. Yeah, you know? I had like the same they, problem. They, they have like a vitamin taste or something yeah, in there, you know? Yeah, I had the same problem. So for me, I couldn't keep them down. Like, it just did not work for me. So we had to find other options that would give me more calories and keep me gaining weight. And that was a struggle for a really long time. Yeah, I had the yeah. same I had the same exact problem. I My, my parents basically force-fed scanty shakes or weight gainers or yeah, whatever they yeah. force fed those to me and i would not I, I just did not like them i did not like to taste them and i would throw them up you know mm-hmm. i would i would i would end up losing weight off these things right. and my to that point my parents would they started to really my dad started to weaponize the, the feeding tube like he used to be like right. you know we're gonna have to get a feeding tube if you can't do this you know we're yeah. if, I, well, if you can't if you can't finish too. your dinner we're gonna have to get yeah. a feeding tube and they would just constantly say it to me to the point where I think it was positive that I kept hearing it and I was like okay now like now I have something to work against but I also mm-hmm. started to like really resent 
the feeling <laughs> the feeling of eating because I every time I would eat I would just think about the the prospect of getting a feeding tube and I and this is before the days when I actually ended up getting the feeding tube but back then I, I I was totally overwhelmed by the fact that I was just having to overeat constantly and it was it really just kind yeah. of took the joy out of eating no it does Did you guys like, a lot of times when people tell you like oh you're really lucky that you can pretty much eat whatever you want and you don't gain yeah. weight it's like you don't understand how much work that is it's to eat lot. the amount that we have to eat in order for me to look normal. I feel like I'm Michael Phelps. No, yeah. for the Olympi- Olympics, honestly. <laughs> but did you guys ever get the Scandi Cow? The um, it's like a powder and it added calories yeah. to your mm-hmm. meal. That one it didn't taste like anything, so that helped. And then I did. I had to go on a supp- uh, a medicine, an um, appetite stimulator, when um. I couldn't gain weight when I was right. in middle school because there I would eat so much, but I wasn't gaining anything. So when I went on the appetite stimulator, I gained like 20 pounds. Oh, wow. And wow. that's, and in and out helped that. that. Yeah. <laughs> in and out did help that. And, but I was always hungry and I'd eat spaghetti and my mom would just make me a whole bunch of stuff and make sure, you know, we had some nutrients in there too. Mm-hmm. But, right. you know, but, I felt like that helped me a lot when I was younger. At, at what point did either of you feel like, you know, oh, my nutrition is actually related to my overall health? Because it, for me, it didn't come until I got my feeding tube when I was in my 20s. You know, I don't yeah. ever think I understood the importance that the nutritional role in CF care plays. I don't think I realized it until college. Um, yeah, Because too. at that point, it took me until I got to college. That was the point where I was a normal weight. You know what I mean? Like I had finally figured out what worked for me, what didn't work for me. And I realized, I started putting together that if I made sure I was five pounds above what they wanted me to be at, or if I was exactly where they wanted me, chances were I wasn't going to get sick as often with a lung infection because my body had what it needed to fight, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, But it took me a long time to realize that. And I think now I really aim to have an additional five pounds on me just Mm -hmm. so if I do get sick, I don't drop 20 pounds like that. Yeah. Because people don't understand, like, when you get sick with an infection, you drop weight so fast, and there's, so like, nothing fast. you can do do about it. Like, well, I remember right after college when I got really sick, I dropped, like, 25 pounds in, like, <clears throat> less than two weeks, you know, and there was, like, nothing I could do about it. Right. And whenever I would get sick, I would go five pounds at least. Mm-hmm. And I didn't have that much to give. <laughs> you didn't have a lot to spare. <laughs> you know, right. I didn't have so that much. True, so it was it was a boost, 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 boost all the time because I couldn't eat as much because I was focusing on my breathing. But that was the past couple years um, before transplant. Right. But I think for nutrition wise, I. I think in college, I started seeing that, like you, Leah, I was at a really good weight. I was feeling good. Mm-hmm. And I realized that I need to focus on my body and keep that weight up so that if I was to get sick, then I would have that extra mm-hmm. weight on to help right. fight whatever comes around. And chances like, are you'd get over it faster if you had exactly. that extra weight versus if you're already underweight and you didn't have that, you know? Exactly. Especially if there's a cold or something, you know, when we get colds, we get sick or get an infection or whatever in our lungs. Sometimes Mm -hmm. I was able to keep 
that from going in my lungs because I had some extra weight and I was able to rest and right. that that helped a lot for mm-hmm. me. Yeah, I, I definitely had sort of the same realization. Uh, really, the the like the six to eight months after I got my feeding tube, I got my feeding tube placed as soon as my sophomore year of college ended. I got it placed in May after my mm-hmm. sophomore year of college and. As soon as I started putting on weight, like my my life started changing in weird ways that I was not anticipating. Like growing up, I used to get these really horrible sunburns. Like I would get to the point where I would have like that sun poisoning. I'd have like I did. I would have blotchiness and and all that stuff. So then, as soon as I yeah, exactly. So as soon Mm -hmm. as I started putting on weight and getting my my BMI up and my my uh, my 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 weight stable, all of a sudden those sunburns went away. Right. Ooh, I mean, I was still so using. I was. I was still that using. Was I was still using sunscreen and stuff, but my sun, my horrible, horrible sunburns went away, like because I got my feet in two place. Obviously, I in, haven't had it either since my weight like stabilized. Yeah, yeah. I never even put that together. Yeah, so that that happened to me. I as soon as I oh. got control of my 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 weight and my health, I I never had any more of those horrible those horrible sunburns and that, that was like one that was like one thing i noticed that summer immediately i also noticed that my hair was growing thicker my hair was also growing mm. a lot faster and i was fighting off colds right i came down with oh, the cold yeah. i came down with the yeah. cold in september when i got back to college obviously and i kicked it to the curb like it was nothing like it was no it was no big deal and <laughs> that was a, a real turning point for me i was like oh wow you know what maybe the nutritional side of of the disease is actually important yeah. Right. Maybe, 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 yeah. maybe I should actually begin focusing on taking care of my nutritional health to the <laughs> right. point where maybe it'll actually benefit my my respiratory health. And that's exactly what happened. As, as soon as that happened, then I started looking at you know things that I was taking in. At that point in college, I was basically eating fried food like four or five nights out of the week. <laughs> yeah. And I, I I will say that throughout the rest of my college years, my junior and senior, it was probably much of the same, but. I was becoming more cognizant to the fact that I was of what I was putting in my body, and then as oh, yeah. soon as I graduated college, that's when I really, really started to take hold of it. You know, like oh, maybe I shouldn't eat as much sugar, or you know, mm-hmm. I should you know lay off, you know, I should lay off the candy, or I should lay off the soda. Mm-hmm. You know, things like that. Right. Like those like small things add up to make a difference. Well, you think in college, <clears throat> you go and eat fast food. You eat what you can go get really quick. Oh, it's affordable so that you too. Can study. It's just, exactly. Yeah, it's, it's just it's just fast food mm-hmm. and beer, right? Like that's and like, when, yeah, like that's, that's, that's your that's your that's your college diet, and that's exactly. not necessarily the best Ugh. diet for somebody lifting with CF. Yeah, exactly. exactly. It's gross. And to think that like no. you to think that you even lived four years on that kind of. <laughs> I mean, it blows right. my mind. I think about it a lot, and like, even if I like, I don't know just like come in contact with half of those things now they start making me feel sick you know yeah. like mm. even food wise it's just like how did i do this for that long yeah, yeah you can't eat it every day definitely right. it's like once a, once a month kind of deal yeah <laughs> I, yeah i mean i like i i still will do fast because i do know that it is good yeah. calories but i know yeah. they aren't the best calories right and they are right. they also are making fast food better than they used to you know like yeah. for example oh, yeah. like chick-fil-a <laughs> i've convinced myself that chick-fil-a is healthy Compared yeah, to like I McDonald's. I myself that Chick Fil A is the healthier choice of the fast food. Exactly, options. and I love Chick Fil A. So that's usually where I will go. Yes. that's me with In and Out Burger because they have really fresh stuff. Okay. Yeah, at least yeah. at least well, that's a, at least that's what you've that. convinced yourself I'm, of. Yeah. <laughs> I'm I mean, I live for I live I like... live for Chick Fil A. There's there's actually a Chick Fil A right by one of the one of the hockey rinks that I coach at. So like, if the game will end early enough. 
I'm yeah. at the, I'm at that Chick Fil A. I mean, totally. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna hide it. It's good calories and yeah, it's 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 it seems to be a higher quality of fast yeah. food like yeah, food, definitely. I guess. I think it's all about balance, though. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like you kind of okay, need quality of life, quantity life. Sometimes yeah. you know what yeah. I mean. It's yeah. not gonna hurt you to have it here and there, but like having it every single day, like what we did as children. Probably not the best choice, uh-huh, uh-huh. right? You know, like your body's not going to feel as great getting calories that well, that's way. That's also getting um. That's also just called getting older. Well balanced older. diet, you know. Yeah, like like yeah. That, that's just called getting older. Like by like by the time I'm, I'm 30 years old, I fully yeah. anticipate sort of the feeling that when you eat a steak or something, you're going to have night sweats and you're going to have to sit up when you sleep. You know, that's not something that uh, an eight-year-old kid has yeah. to deal with. Eight, yeah, no. The totally. metabolism for um, like an eight-year-old kid is a lot like different. I recently. Yeah. And I was like, oh my gosh, what am I doing to myself? It's just called getting yeah. old. That's all that is. <laughs> that, like yeah. that, that kind of thing happens to everyone. That's just not, that's not a CF specific thing. No, the, it's really uh, not. The, metab- know, the metabolism of a child is like high speed. In the in the back of your head, you kind of think, oh, I'm immune to that because, like, I'm yeah. not absorbing all of these calories and stuff like uh-huh. that. When in reality, you're not because, like, right, <laughs> side note, my boyfriend and I went to this barbecue place that had, like, just opened and we were really excited about it. So we went there, ate, loved the food, got back. We were in, like, we were both sweating, felt like we were dying. <laughs> he was going to have a heart attack. He couldn't hear for a while. Like, <laughs> It was so bad. We were like, we're never doing that again. Oh, that's hilarious. That's just a result. I think that's just a result of like being older. Yeah, that's exactly what that is. You know, I I do think that if you're going to eat like that, that's got to be like a consistent part of your diet. You can't just like suddenly throw it out there. I mean, there was like, looking back at this, I know we're getting a little off topic here, but looking back the this past fall, there was a point in time when I went to Hibachi three different times over the course of like a month and a half. I love Hibachi. Hibachi, oh, I love in my, in my, in my opinion, oh my there is no better way for a CF person to get their calorie requirement than going to Hibachi. But at yeah, the same time, sure. but at the same time, you're going to Hibachi and you know you're going to feel horrible afterwards, right? Uh-huh. Like you're paying, oh, yeah, you, you are paying for that experience mm-hmm. with so with how you food. feel in the immediate aftermath. Mm-hmm. Yes, True. definitely. So much food, but it's amazing. That's what I, I we I went to Hibachi with for the first time with uh, with my girlfriend this like not too long ago, and she was like, "I've never seen you eat so much food in your, your entire life." I was like, "Oh, I because <laughs> I love Hibachi. It's just so right. good." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, when you find something that's really good that makes you happy and you want to eat it all, you go to that. You exactly, and, we, you and, like, and, if, and if you have C- and if you have CF, you have you are totally free to do that. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. <clears throat> I do that. I go through months where I like have one thing that I'm really loving, and I get it pretty often, and then I get sick of it, and I'm on to something else. Yeah, yeah that, that's you know? that's part of it. I and I do think that that goes back to like the stress of of overeating and maybe the stress of food in general. If you can find something that you really love, then why shy away from it? Like for right now, I'm on a, right now I'm on a kick of eating eggs every morning, fried eggs. Like that's a new thing. That's a new, for whatever reason, that's like a, that's a new fad for me. I've always liked eggs, but I've never loved them to the point where I'm like, oh, I have to make them every morning for myself because I, I think it's good calories. I'm on a breakfast burrito and enchiladas kick. It's so good. That's what I know. That's, that's just that's just your go-to that. right now. Yeah, no, it's so good, so good. Okay, so and, since we're talking about diets right now, what yeah. what what is sort of recommended, or what was recommended to you as a post-transplant patient? So for after transplant, I lost 
probably 20 pounds. So uh, they put the feeding tube in. So like I 20 pounds from like, is that 20 pounds from when you, from like, from like the moment they like cut you open and put yeah. your lungs in or 20, 20 pounds from the time you were listed? Yeah. Uh, no, from when I had surgery. Okay. They cut me open and I lost all my muscle mass. So that was great. <clears throat> and they told me to eat, just eat because Honestly, I needed those pounds and we needed to get me strong. So I ate, but I could not eat any outside food for three months. Like you had to eat like only hospital food? So only homemade stuff. No one could bring me anything. My mom had to make it. And and like like bring it to the hospital? uh, Well, this was when I was out of the hospital. Oh, okay, okay. In the hospital, I just ate whatever they had. And I couldn't have stuff that was take out or anything because we don't know how long it was sitting for who was making it it was right. just the immune kind of thing so my mom would have to make me a whole bunch i was very into hash browns the love yeah you did go through a I, hash brown kick i think i ate those three times a day like I, was it were they I things love- that like did it have to be cooked through like for example like you couldn't eat like yes. meat under a certain temperature yeah so you couldn't have it anything raw Okay. So it had to be all cooked. So my eggs, I can't have any raw eggs. So um, I only can have hard-boiled eggs or scrambled eggs. And that's to now, too. And no deli meat. So basically, it's a pregnant person's, person's diet. You still can't eat deli meat? Nope. Unless oh, my it's God. That's heartbreaking. Or if it has to be heated up. Is that forever? Uh, yeah, that's what she said. Oh, my God. Oh my God that's she horrible. Said, the I, I love deli the deli. I, I live in New York. I love the deli. <laughs> I, I love my sandwiches and stuff, but, uh, you know, breathing is worth it. Yeah. So, okay. Okay. Like, okay. And, <laughs> you do what you, know, you gotta do. Yeah. And, you know, my my steaks have to be well done, very well done. So when I go to In-N-Out, I have to tell them well done or I can't eat it. And <laughs> That's okay. And yeah, they watch that. all my vitamin levels and my magnesium and my... Uh, what was it? Oh, potassium and stuff. Yeah. And they tell me like your magnesium's a little low, so you need to go eat, um, you know, zucchini. You know, the the greens. Get some more greens in your diet. Mm-hmm. Or they do tell me to get good fats. So um, avocado. Uh, I live nuts, off of avocado. All that that stuff. That's what I mm-hmm. eat too. I usually put that on top of my enchiladas and stuff. <laughs> yeah, you just add so it I, in. you know, you add the good fat yeah. to whatever you're eating. And I love cheese. And Leah knows I love cheese. And she loves You cheese. love it just as much as me. And we have a problem. <laughs> yeah, we do. So basically my diet is just to keep up with my, my greens and my good fats, but uh-huh. have those calories too. So, right. That's interesting. You know, I, I think people don't really, I guess, consider that, you know, when you, when you go through transplant and you basically are knocking out your entire immune system, like yeah. there are things you can't have, you know, like that's a, a I guess that's a weird thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, I, you know, I, I, I also do think that it also underscores the different parts of CF care, right? Like there's just different phases of life where you can eat different things and you can you can care for it in different ways. Like 
I hear you listing off like zucchini and avocados. Like that's stuff I would never touch. I just I would never eat that. But ha- with that being said, though, like I put that in my high calorie smoothies that I make, and I I put through my feeding tube. I'm like a big proponent of blenderized diets for people with G tubes because I think it's a good way to feel like you're getting what you want to what you want to eat rather than you know the, the medical formula which we are using overnight. You know I think the medical formula plays a very important role in G tubes, and I would never replace that. But I also supplement my diet with high calorie smoothies that I, I blend up, and I I look for you know high calorie things like avocados, and I also look for oils like almond oil or coconut oil. Yeah. Um, you know th- th- those are those are just some of the things that I throw into my high calorie smoothie, and those are kind of the my my, my ways of I guess like seeking out calories in other way in places that I wouldn't normally get them. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. No, it makes yeah. sense. No, totally. Yeah, so and, and I also think it's a way just to like, keep my diet creative. Because at the same time, mm-hmm. because my calorie requirement is so unbelievably high, and I am tube-fed, mm-hmm. like, it does get boring after a while, right? I go to sleep. Oh, I, totally. I plug myself into the G-tube pump, mm-hmm. and right. I go to sleep. Yeah. You know, I do the same thing every night. And at the mm-hmm. same time, but I, but I also want to think I'm eating other things. And my way of doing that is with my high-calorie smoothie. Mm-hmm. Right. That makes yeah. sense. I always had my mom make me smoothies. When you were on YouTube? I've never yeah. been a smoothie person. Yeah. But I've never had a YouTube. So Yeah, I mean you know. I would never I mean God knows I God knows I would never drink these smoothies. That's like I, that's like the no, benefit of that's the that. benefit of having the G tube. You don't have to yeah, taste right. anything. You just yeah, exactly. you just shoot it, you just stick it, it just down the tube. Through. Yeah, it just goes down the tube and it's over. I mean, I guess you could taste it if you throw it up. So so like my question is, so let's say like you're lazy one day and you don't feel like making food. Do you just like use your G tube? Yeah, I mean, I can. Yeah, I can do that. I mean, that's like, like totally you fine. I about that the other day. <laughs> yeah, I can do that. I uh, and I and I have done that. I, I will say that I I lean heavily on the G tube because, as you know, when you're sick, you don't want to. You don't want to. You don't want to eat. That's yeah. because you just feel mm-hmm. horrible. And anytime you right, eat, yeah. you got so much mucus in your mouth. And it's actually like mm-hmm. making me nauseous just thinking about that because I know how that feels. But but yeah. the G tube does the work for you, right? So, like, when I go sick, my calorie requirement probably dives down to, like, 2,500 total calories, maybe a little more. But that's mm-hmm. all, that's primarily coming from the G2 because I know that's just, my body needs the calories to fight the infection. And I know that it, since I am not going to eat, I can find those calories through medical formula or my, my homemade smoothies. Right. Yeah. That makes sense. But I, what yeah, I will I say, though, like, like when you, when you, you, get, stuff, you, you gotta eat real stuff. food, though. You gotta eat real food, though, because oh, yeah. when you go to the bathroom, you want it to be bound. You know, you don't, you don't want to, <laughs> yeah. you know, you don't want to, yes. you don't want to be having the runs, so to speak. And, yeah, and, exactly. And, you, you know, the real food definitely plays a role in yeah. that part of it. Yeah. But How I, do I, you, oh, go I was ahead. gonna ask about the enzymes with your G-tube. Oh, so how do I do, do it? Do you? Yes. Yeah. So I. So that's the other weird thing with the G tube, is like the enzymes overnight don't work properly. There's actually a product called Relizorb that does yeah, digest that. that does digest some feeding mm-hmm. tube formulas, uh, but it doesn't okay. digest all of them. The formula okay. that I use, I use Liquid Hope, does not work with okay. Relizorb. Okay. So okay. what I do is I I have these like old school enzymes from like the 60s and 70s that I that I, I literally put into a pill pounder and I crush them up to like a very fine dust. And I mm-hmm. pour them into the feeding tube yeah. bag overnight. Okay. Right. And then I mix them up, and then yes. like right before I begin the feed, I actually then take 
uh, you know, my, my normal enzymes that I would take with feel, with a meal, I just take a reduced dose. Then I, mm-hmm. I begin to feed. And then as soon as I wake up, I take more of those normal enzymes. So when it's all said and okay. done, I, I probably take between 12 and 14 total enzymes between the ones that are in the bags and the ones that I take normally. How I, much, how much do you normally take with a, like a meal? So I'm on, I'm on, what am I on? I am on, I'm on like a high, I'm on the higher dose of Zenpep. I forget the number off, off my hand, offhand. Okay. So I take four with meals, three with snacks. And then okay. I do, okay. then I do eight crushed biocase enzymes in my, mm-hmm. fe- in my feeding tube bag. Okay. Yeah. That's what I did when I had my feeding tube. I did the same the thing. Bio, the biocase thing is actually new for me. When I, when I started the feeding tube in 2011, mm-hmm. I didn't do that. I was... I was on I was on Creon back then as well, so I a lot of it sort of has changed, and I think you know as you get more in tune with your body and and your nutrition, you sort of you know everyone sort of seems to have like their enzyme that works for them, and they're mm-hmm. everyone's mm-hmm. very everyone's very partial to their enzyme, whether it's yes. Percy Biocase or you know Zen Pepper Creon, it's all it's all kind of the same thing, but they're all the same. yeah, it's yeah, yeah but like it's what it's, it's whatever you on. want, yeah. So I, I do think you know back then what I would do is I would take. Um, I would take eight Creon. I was on a, I was on a lower dose Creon. I would take. Eight, I know what you're talking. Yeah, I would I take. Little, I would I take. On the lower dose Creon yeah, so I would like take. That. I would take eight Creon at the beginning of my feeding tube, and then I would take eight as soon as I woke up in the morning. The reason you take enzymes again when you wake up is because you, they feel that since your metabolism is slowed down because you're sleeping, a lot of the formula just sits in your stomach, waiting mm. to be metabolized right, and digested. Yeah. So you take enzymes at the end of the feed to, mm. to, to, to digest. Okay. I mean, that it's also sense. kind of similar to even if, like, you don't do tube feeds, a lot of, at least from my experience with going to CF clinic, <clears throat> there's never been a right or wrong way to take your enzymes. It's kind of figuring out what, what works, works for you. you. Yeah, so that's the Some other thing. Some people if you're really eating, like, believe a big meal, in yeah. taking it right before you eat. Other people mm-hmm. might take some before they eat. Some in the middle or some at the end yeah. or whatever. Or and some I, people take all of it at the end. And I think right. it just depends on the person and figuring out what works I, for you. I, I never mm-hmm. knew that was even a possibility until a few years ago. I was talking to my doctor or something like that. And she was asking mm-hmm. me how I was taking my enzymes. And I was like, oh, I take them at the beginning of my meal like everyone else. And she was like, no, mm-hmm. there's different ways to take your enzymes. And she was like, have you ever mm-hmm. considered that if you're like, you know, sometimes you go out for like a, a nice meal or like you're celebrating something, you sit down for like a multi-course yeah. dinner. Right. Yes. I take a few. I take a few enzymes with the first course, and then halfway through dinner, you take the rest of the dose. Yes. So that it, right. you know, you, you're stretching out the the whatever you know thirty to sixty minute window that enzymes take, you know typically have. That was mm-hmm. I, I had no idea that was a possibility, and and I learned that from from my doctor a few years ago. And I was like, it was like mind blowing. I was like, wow. I had you know I never really even felt that I could that I could do this. Right. Yeah. No, I don't think they had talked to me about different ways to take it until I was probably like a teen. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Like it was still like a while back, but it kind of like hit me like, oh, I've never thought about that, you know? And I've tried out different ways and it really depends on like how I'm eating. So like if I'm going to sit there, eat my meal and be done, I'll just take it in the beginning. But like if I'm going to eat multiple courses or I'm going to graze and I'm just going to eat like little bits for the next You're hour gonna graze. or so. <laughs> yeah, I used to do that when I was little all the time. I still do it sometimes. Like, yeah. I have a period during the day where I just eat, like, little snacks, like, mm-hmm. for an hour or two because, like, that's how I get my calories at that point in time. Mm-hmm. And I'll take, like, half my enzymes in the beginning and, like, half in the middle or I'll do half in the beginning and half at the end. That way 
I'm getting all the coverage that I need. Yeah. 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 It's definitely it's definitely important to talk about that with your doctor because I think there's just different ways of doing it. There is. Yeah. And that's one thing that I think, as, for me at least, it's, it's been liberating in the eating experience because I always look mm-hmm. at the enzymes just like treatments in the morning at night. Like we've talked about this before. You do treatments in the morning. It's like right. your gateway to the rest of the day. You do treatments mm-hmm. at night. It's like your gateway to go to sleep. The enzymes in a similar way are your gateway to eating. Right. right. And exactly. I feel like yeah. I'm always tied to my enzymes, right? Mm-hmm. You can't eat unless you have your enzymes because we all know what happens if you don't eat, if you don't take your enzymes and eat, it's just disaster. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's like absolutely miserable. It's, it's like, it's good. like, it's like the Niagara Falls of, mm-hmm. of bowel movements, you know? And I, I think, yes. and I, I, I think that the, the enzymes are such like a, uh, they're such a small thing, but they play a huge role. Oh, no, they do. Like if yes. you forget your enzymes, that's like the like, worst. How do you thing how do you keep done. them on you during your during the day? How do how do I what? Like how do you make sure they're with you during the day? Um. So I have just a, a Ziploc bag. Oh, you do the Ziploc of bag. A method. ton of enzymes, yeah. and I make sure. And I have other meds in there too that I know I'm gonna need, <clears> like my migraine meds and stuff like that. They're mm-hmm. all in the Ziploc bag. So like anything that I might need throughout the day, I have in this bag, and it yeah. just is either in my purse. Mm-hmm. Or it's in my coat pocket, and I make sure it's like one of the things I check for in the morning. Like I have my mm-hmm. Ziploc bag, and I have my <laughs> license and my like credit card. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's right, exactly the essentials. For. Yeah. Now when yeah. that bag gets a hole in it, which does happen, yeah, I have enzymes everywhere. That's the why you have, that's why you have to go for the pill box. Like I, I don't love pill I, boxes. But hold I on, always use them, and I don't. I have a, I have a good one, and I'm going to send you the link for it, and I'll put the link okay. here on the podcast <laughs> because I got turned on to this pill box. Okay. When I was a senior in high school, maybe freshman college back then, it's been been a while. I've had it for a long time. They last. It's got it's got five. It has eight compartments. It has oh, eight okay. compartments in it, okay. and it's got. I almost and it has and it has and it has. I'll let everyone know next week. And it has yes, it has <laughs> one bigger like compartment. In it. That's where I keep my enzymes. But then I also have room for things that I need throughout the day. Like if I'm on an yeah. antibiotic, I'll put it in there. I'll put my antacids in there. I'll put my vitamins in there. Like I'll put mm-hmm. extra vitamins in case I like, and for whatever reason, I'm rushing out the door in one morning. I'll have right. it with me. I'll put, you know, Tylenol, Advil for a fever, or I'll put an allergy pill in there during allergy season. Mm-hmm. Like I, I'm basically a walking pharmacy to the point where I've actually been stopped by security <laughs> going into a concert, and people are like, "What the hell is That's in that hilarious. box?" Hilarious. And I've, I yeah. had to go on the internet. <clears throat> I had to go on my on the internet on my on my iPhone, right, and mm-hmm. show the like the security lady. What oh. each pill was and what it was for what? in CF. Whoa! I've otherwise, otherwise, that. otherwise, they would not. Otherwise, wood. otherwise, they wouldn't let me to the concert. Oh my! That sucks. Gosh. I've never had that That's, happen. Yeah, I, and I go in with my needles, and mine are in a freaking insulin bag. Yeah, yeah. yeah yours look weirdly. <laughs> and you're saying yeah, you, you yeah, I, I put mine in a Ziploc bag, and I have a little pill container. You know, one of the old ones mm-hmm. that. I used all the pills, whatever, and I put them in there. I used but, to do that. That's used to be yeah. how I did it, yeah. And I always have an enzyme bottle at my boyfriend's house and usually at my friend's house mm-hmm. just in case because I know I also the have day, them in the like, car. Yeah, and in the car. Mm-hmm. I always have that. And I always have extra You got to be careful with that, though. Like, it, it could get too warm in the <laughs> yeah. car, though. It could be too warm or too cold. Yeah, yeah, I know, um, and I usually, what I do, I can, you can usually, when you feel the enzyme, you can feel if it's good or bad. I know that sounds weird, 
<laughs> you sure about that? I, can't. I can also <laughs> tell if I put it in my mouth and it tastes like a certain way that it's not no good anymore. <laughs> oh. So I, I routinely check. Okay. Right. Oh, horrible. Yeah. yeah Especially I, on the car ones. Yeah, I mean, I I think like I I I speak volumes for my my pillbox. I like fully endorse the product. I mean, it's one of those things where, yeah, it's a little big, but I guess boys probably use pockets more than. Your girls right. will probably use a bag or something. And exactly. I don't yeah. Purse yeah. Yeah. So I, I will say that maybe one downside to it, but like when I go when I go to leave the house and my friends have seen me do this and they they make fun of me every time I do it and it's like, mm-hmm. or they say the little jingle with me too. I'm like, okay, phone, money, wallet, keys. I mean, <laughs> I, I don't even phone, money, enzyme, keys. That's what I say. Phone, money, enzyme, enzyme keys, and the enzyme counts for the the pillbox and like that's that's how I know I have it with me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> No, I totally get it. It's me. It's mine is the Ziploc bag, but you yeah. Know. I, yeah, I've, I've, I've graduated from the Ziploc bag. I will say though, I do use the Ziploc bag when I travel. <laughs> like I'll, yeah. like I'll, in my, in my bag, so TSA can see it without touching it. Yeah. I use millions of Ziploc bags in so, my, in my bag, so that I can put yeah. like all of my orals in one Ziploc bag. I put all of my inhaled nebs in one mm-hmm. Ziploc bag. I put my nebulizer pieces in another Ziploc bag. I, everything goes into Ziploc bags when mine I Mine does too, but mine's a little different. I do it by the day. So like that day I would take X, Y, and Z. And this is like my oh, morning Ziploc bag. And I have right. them like that. Kind of the same concept. I've never, I never. You don't have to go through everything. I've never been someone to organize by the day. I see the pros to it, but for whatever reason I haven't done it. I always organize by like the day, like the day of, you know what I'm saying? Like, I never organize uh-huh. for the week ahead. Okay. I just got, I got into that habit maybe like two years ago of organizing for the entire week rather than each day. Cause I used to be each day and now I do the whole week ahead. Cause I don't have enough time. That's like the people who use like the, <laughs> the full, like the week, the week long pill boxes where they have yeah, the I have Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. Yeah. Yeah. I see. I don't I like have, that. I, I don't like to. that. Yeah, you I do. I use it. Yeah. I have too many pills that, and some of them have to be cut in half. So yeah. I have to do the whole week because there's just not enough time in the day to do those if it's every day, you know? Mm-hmm. So um, I just do one day a week and just do it all, and mm-hmm. it's it works out perfectly. So, yeah. I will say one thing I could definitely improve upon is cleaning out my pillbox. Like, I always neglect, uh, to, do I yeah. Always, yeah, I think I always I neglect to do that. I need to do a better I need job to work on it. I just I got agree. a new one, I so I didn't have to clean the one that I have. Yeah, like that's that pure laziness right there. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, we've uh, we've sort of run our time here. This has been a good podcast. I think uh, nutrition is always one of those topics that yeah, devolves into one. something else. Um, but I, I think it's definitely a good one. Maybe we can have a guest on one day to talk about see if we're in diabetes or something like that. Uh, but yeah. I think what we should do is we should announce the winners of yes. of the giveaway. Yes. Tiffany, do you have that list? Do I? Yeah, well, do, you, I, oh, do you have no, the list? Uh, my, my, my phone froze. Okay, let me see if I have the list. Let me Gunner see if I have the list. I think I have it. I think you guys were in charge of the list. I know I know we were. So tip, why don't you explain how we did the randomization? So we went on random.org. I counted all the entries. I did one to how many entries we had, and it randomly picks a number. So I counted to there, and that was the winner. Okay, so and our winners, five of them. Five of them, yes. Okay, so our first <laughs> yes. winner is at Candor fourteen thirteen. Our second winner is at read a lot of books. That's a that's a mm-hmm. punny. That's a punny, <laughs> a punny Instagram <laughs> handle. Love it. Our uh, next 
Uh, our next winner was at Love to Breathe, Summer Love. We know her. Yeah, ha- we do. Ha- happy for her to win. <laughs> um, and then our next one was at Skid On It. Is that, I don't, yeah. yep, Skid On ski It. On, ski, yeah. Oh, Ski, ski no, it's, it's ski, ski, do, Ski Doing It. Ski Doing It. That's yeah, what it is. Ski Doing It. Ski Doing yeah, It. At Ski Doing It. Sorry, Ski Doing It. But you'll get a t shirt, so you have reason to, to be friends with us. And then at Gabby Holm. So those are our winners. Yeah. Uh, we will get in touch with you, and we will send you the Breathe In t-shirt and a Team Boomer swag bag. So thanks for, for everyone who participated so in the fancy. giveaway. Yes, thanks for everyone for participating in the giveaway. I'm sure this will be the first of many. And remember, you can now go on to the Salty Sisters Etsy store and mm-hmm. place – is that right? You can place order for t-shirts? Yeah. Okay, where uh-huh. is where where is the Etsy store? Etsy – it's Salty Sisters if you search shop, but it's Etsy.com slash shop slash Salty Sisters. Okay, so make sure you check those out. Yeah. Uh, you can mm-hmm. also get a hold of any of us with, via mm-hmm. email. Um, Gunner's blog at Esias.org. And the girls are? Salty Sisters at gmail.com. Very original. And then Ooh. you can also get in touch with mm-hmm. us Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Look us up. You can also follow us on Instagram. The podcast is at breathe underscore, no, at breathe yes underscore in underscore pod yeah that's it i always forget that <laughs> we're gonna get this i know i know it's just weird <laughs> breathe yeah it is weird breathe in pod right that's yes, the instagram yeah. and then also remember to like subscribe review rate on itunes do that very important and i think that's all the information i think we've finally gotten through this part of the podcast <laughs> i know we're the worst at this part or at least i'm the worst because there's just so many things to say there's a lot of things to remember to hold of us <laughs> but yeah, okay, so we just want to say thanks for listening, Tay. Make sure you join us next week for the holiday edition of yeah. the Breathe In podcast because Christmas time is almost here. Uh, I'm Gunnar Sison. That's Leah Fern, Tiffany Rich. Thanks for joining us tonight. Bye, Bye guys.